Read and hear more about important news and policy issues at ncpolicywatch.com. This is News and Views. Welcome back to News and Views. I'm Rob Schofield. State lawmakers are making headway this year in legalizing medical marijuana, and that's very good news. The notion that any adult in 2023 is being fined, imprisoned, or getting a criminal record for personal use or possession of marijuana is absurd. Even, however, if lawmakers do make North Carolina the 38th state to legalize marijuana, there are some additional steps they should take to maximize the public benefit. And recently I caught up with Patrick Oglesby, a Chapel Hill-based attorney and marijuana policy expert, who says keeping marijuana production and sales under public control, rather than simply turning it over to large for-profit corporations, ought to be a top priority. Well, Pat Oglesby, welcome to News and Views. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Rob, for having me. I want to talk about the legislation that's pending in North Carolina to move us in the direction of legalizing medical marijuana. But beforehand, would you mind just sort of reminding our listeners about sort of the state of things nationally? I mean, this is clearly a trend, right, that more and more states are moving either to full recreational legalization or at least medical legalization. Right. About 37 states have medical marijuana. About 19 states have recreational we have in North Carolina a weird offset drug, Delta-8, which you can buy in any county in the state. It's an intoxicant, but it's not regulated by the state. But there is a movement nationally to legalize medical marijuana, and thereupon, pretty quickly, things start falling over in recreational. Typically follows pretty quickly because it's hard to draw the line. But indeed, it does appear, at least for now, that that's what they're trying to do in North Carolina. There's legislation that was considered... Uh, last year, it ultimately didn't make. It seems perhaps a more serious effort this year in 2023, a Senate bill, the so-called Compassionate Care Bill, I believe is what it's referred to. And that would legalize medical marijuana in some fairly limited circumstances, right? Right. That's right. From what I understand, it's a very specific list of maladies that one could be suffering from. And if you're not on the list, then you're out of luck. That's right. That's how most states start with a very huh. with a small list. And that's, that list gets expanded. The bill would allow a commission that it creates to add to the list at any time. So this is just a kind of a temporary list. There's a lot of attention paid to that, but but yeah. Once the foot is in the door, it's unlikely that door will remain only open a few inches or slam shut at some point. It's going to continue right. to, to that's be open the, wider. That's the trend in every state. And that's part of the trend toward recreational, too, that once you establish sellers of medical marijuana and once you say you can have it, well, people will say, why, why is the government telling me? that you can have it and I can't, and I don't feel so good myself. So the list kind of evaporates as an issue after a while, the list of maladies. The sponsors probably even are aware of that. So talk to us about what the scheme is for how the sales would take place in in North Carolina under the legislation that's proposed. I understand it would be also sort of a limited approach to a limited number of, of actual sellers that would be allowed. Right. This bill, SB3, would set up three sellers. They're vertically integrated, sealed to uh, seed to store. They do all the intermediate processing, and it requires a very well-capitalized outfit to be able to carry on all those functions. Those 10 would be chosen by a commission that'd be set up, and they'd have to pick out from all the applicants in the world who are the best 10 growers of marijuana, sellers of marijuana for our state. And what, what we've seen in other states that have tried this approach of limited licenses, that the lawsuits begin. Hmm. When those 10 are named, then whoever 
didn't get a license, wants to sue and say, wait a minute, you didn't follow your procedures, you, you abused your discretion. And that really results in injunctions and just the whole process slows down. We're seeing that in New York now. We've seen it state after state that, that adopts this approach. We're talking to Pat Oglesby, who's a Chapel Hill lawyer and a consultant for state governments on marijuana policy about the legislation in North Carolina. So I take it you have concerns about this model. It seems that this is, while it would be a step forward in terms of moving North Carolina, where we start to catch up with other states that have already moved ahead on this issue, the model for just selecting 10 businesses to do it, you have some concerns about that? Oh, absolutely. This is like discovering gold on state land. And who does that belong to? Well, it belongs to the people. And, and we're going to go out and find the 10 world's best 10 gold miners and sell it to them for a pittance and permanency. I don't see how that makes sense. Now, some people believe in sharing the wealth. And you, you, you're on one side of this, Rob, and I may be too. And some people don't believe in sharing the wealth. But this is wealth that is nobody's now. This is up for grabs. And even if you don't believe in, in a wealth tax or a progressive income tax, because it takes something away from somebody, this is taking something away from nobody. This licensing revenue, the privilege to sell marijuana is worth a lot of money. And that privilege is in the hands of the public. It's in the hands of the legislature now. Let's see what they do with it, who they parcel it out to. I presume that the, the companies that would be bidding they must employ high-powered lobbyists and high-powered lawyers to represent them. I mean, this isn't oh, just sure. mom and pop who will be uh, handling this these sales or, or aspiring to handle these sales. Right, right. And they, they are they are well-capitalized. They're experts in this in other states, and they rolled over other state hmm. legislatures. Now, that, they make a good case. They say, well, we know how to do this. We have the expertise. We have the agricultural expertise. Well, they all grow indoors. We know how to how to set up one of these businesses. And that's true. But it's going to take them a long time to do it. And they're going to get these. We could hire these guys. Let's say the state government held on to the licenses, as they've done in Louisiana, that we could hire these guys and we could pay them a, a reasonable fee. It's just like gold miners. We don't have to sell the land to the gold miners for a pittance. We hmm. can hire them. And then the people get the money. The state gets the money to do whatever with whatever it wants to. Is that sort of analogous to ABC for alcohol? Or? Oh, yeah, I think they're quite similar. We see this, a bunch of Canadian provinces have, have state retail. Hmm. And it's kind of the same, it's pretty much the same model. Do you mention Louisiana? Are there any other U.S. states out there that are doing this the right way? Are there models we definitely don't want to have happen here in North Carolina? Yeah. <laughs> there, are a lot we, lots. there are a lot we don't want. <laughs> uh, it's, it's hard to pick one. There's the... States have, have really struggled and flailed around with this. And I, I, Washington State has a pretty, pretty good system, but there's not really any, anywhere you can look to. I'd look to Canada first. Hmm. The, the private sector folks who want to keep the money in the private sector who say, well, this is federally illegal. And if the state does it, then you're going to get shut down. Well, no, you won't. The federal government is not dealing with state legal marijuana. They're letting Louisiana run its grow program through the land-grant universities, LSU and Southern University, the HBCU there, that's a land-grant university. And the federal government is not lifting a finger, but the, the advocates for private sales are, are raising alarms that, no, that you'll get shut down. And just because they haven't done it doesn't mean they won't do it. What we hear from Washington is we get legislation actually introduced in Congress now to move towards national, either recreational or medical legalization do you think that's in the offing? Is that something that's likely to happen? Someday, probably. 
But there is just not a, a clear path forward. Even when the Democrats were, were in total control, they couldn't agree on how mm -hmm. to do it. And a lot of it's to do with who gets the money. There, there are other issues too. What are what about, you know, we're going to have national standards for testing and packaging and what about medical marijuana? Is that going to be, are we going to rely on the states? Are we going to give a tax exemption at the federal level for whatever the states say is medically appropriate? Because some of the states, you just, it's anything. You don't need, really? there's no list. You just get a doctor to say this patient could benefit from marijuana. Huh. Fascinating. I mean, if you could wave a magic wand, here's someone you've been following this issue for a long time. You're one of a recognized sure. expert on it. What would you advise the North Carolina legislature to do and maybe even advise Congress to do as, as we look to the future? Well, let me start with North Carolina because the federal issues are, are just not even, they haven't all surfaced yet. But for North Carolina, I'd say let's follow Louisiana on the growth side. Let our two land-grant universities, which would be state and A&T, have the licenses. They're research universities. They're not set up to go into business, but they are capable of figuring out how to contract this out, how to hire people within their discretion and have experts grow it, but only on, on a contract basis and not on a permanent basis. And the, and the universities would keep the license and whatever money comes down in later years, they would get after the contract, they'll get, have to have, pay some for these contracts to hire people. They'll retain the fee simple, as we say in law, the, the ultimate total ownership. That's a better place for the money to go than into the hands of these companies. And the 10 licensees are going to be dominated by out-of-state interests. The federal courts are saying you cannot restrict Hmm. ownership to your residents under the dominant commerce clause. Now, that may, may or may not make sense, but that's what hmm. they're saying. So we can and keep the money here by using, and then for retail, I'd use an ABC model. You know, John D. Rockefeller, who was a junior, who was a huge prohibitionist and, and teetotaling Baptist Republican, when it was clear that alcohol prohibition was disappearing, he hired some experts to study it and studied it himself. And he came to the conclusion that state stores are the way to go. Mm -hmm. always down, spread the power around, have this three-tier system where nobody controls the entire supply chain so that Bud, there are no Budweiser saloons or Budweiser bars. That's a cautious approach. People are nervous about marijuana, recreational marijuana, and, and the, the line's so slippery that who knows which is which. Jerry mm -hmm. Brown, Governor Moonbeam, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. So he was an <laughs> extremely liberal Democrat governor of, of Democratic governor north of California, right. he said, how many people can get stoned and have a still have a great state or a great nation? People are nervous. I, I wonder that the business community has, hadn't piped up about this. So things are in flux. We'll see. As far, as far as what federal solution, I have no idea. But a bottom line is you would favor a system in which our universities are involved. And then we had not ABC's, MBC stores or CBC's, I yeah, guess, cannabis, yeah. something like that. And that could be a model that worked for North Carolina going forward. Um, yes, sir. We'll be watching very closely in the weeks ahead. It sounds like the North Carolina legislature is serious about this issue in 2023. Hopefully they'll pay some attention to this advice. And uh, perhaps we can check in later this spring and get your take on what does ultimately happen. Please. Thanks, Rob. Thanks so much. Well, that's it for this edition of News and Views. Remember, you can check us out online and subscribe for free to some of our state's best news coverage and political commentary at ncpolicywatch.com. You can also listen to all of our interviews and commentaries on Apple Podcasts. For producer Clayton Hinkle, this is Rob Schofield. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to News and Views 
A weekly look at state and policy issues is a production of North Carolina Policy Watch. Visit them online at ncpolicywatch.com.